Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Over the Line Sports Layup Line. I'm your host, Nathan Kennedy, joined by my co-host, Nolan Russell. We're bringing you the eighth episode of our second season. This will be going over our custom awards bracket, much different than the NBA's. I mean, just the way that we did it. But I'll jump it over to Nolan because he actually has the results, and this will be my first time hearing the results. So, Nolan, without further ado, I'll let you uh, have the floor. So this is our second annual NBA awards ballots that we've done, you know, just to see how our fans differ from the actual NBA results. And we actually got quite a few different results, which is awesome to see. So we could start right off the top with MVP if you want. Sure. Let's just get right into it. So I'll list out each placement, just, you know, starting from 10th all the way down to one. So it started off, KD got zero votes. He was 10th. He's the only one that got zero votes. Then we had DeMar DeRozan with one point. Trey Young with three points, Steph Curry with nine points, Devin Booker with 13 points, Luka Doncic with 14 points, Jason Tatum with 17 points. So those were the guys that weren't listed as our finalists, as our top three. The top three really pulled away, though. Like I said, Tatum was at 17 points. Our top three, Embiid was third with 78 points. So pretty big jump there. Giannis narrowly edged him out for second with 79 points. And then Jokic won pretty handily with 124 points out of a possible 130. So he only he was only two votes away from being a unanimous winner. But it was a close race for second, really. Giannis versus Embiid. But Jokic kind of pulled away here, which I think was expected. You and I both filled out a ballot. I had Jokic first. I, I assume you did as well. Yeah, I had, uh, I had Jokic as well. Big back-to-back win for Jokic, of course. I mean, really, we've talked about this a, a lot during the season, but he really just put the team on his back when a lot of the players were down throughout the season. I mean, for a team that won 48 games to have such a significant season from Jokic and to take his second MVPM was pretty huge. But yeah, I didn't really expect any parity for this award. I think really the only other one that I may have thought at least maybe three or four weeks before the season had ended maybe would have been Joel Embiid because he was on a tear. But besides that, I think Jokic, I think the Jokic pick was pretty chalk. That's kind of what I expected. Yeah, for me, the most interesting things were to follow who would win second between Giannis and Embiid, and it was neck and neck. Uh, Giannis barely pulled it out. And the other interesting one was who was going to end up in fourth, fifth, and sixth between Tatum, Doncic, and Booker. It kind of seemed like those were pretty much the consensus, four, five, six, and it was mm-hmm. back and forth between them. Tatum ended up pulling away into fourth, but you know, it was an interesting race to monitor for those six guys, those kind of, they seem to be the consensus. And Steph was kind of a consensus seventh, really. You got a few fifth place votes, a couple fourth place votes, but he wasn't really in the mix too much. But we can move on to defensive play of the year. And this is the first time we're going to disagree with the NBA award winners. We got a different winner, but I'll get into that when we, when we get there. So first off, 10th place, Herbert Jones, unfortunately didn't get a vote. Matisse Thibel was ninth with six points. Jaron Jackson Jr., was eighth with seven points. Then Bam Adebayo with 29 points. Robert Williams III with 31 points. Giannis Antetokounmpo with 36 points. Raymond Green with 42 points. And then our top three, we had Mikhail Bridges with 48 points. Marcus Smart with 59 points. And Rudy Gobert with 75 points. So really probably the closest, most balanced race we had with quite a few guys that ended up with top two, top three votes. We had seven guys that had at least one top two vote. It, It really shows you how deep this this award race was and you know (laughs) this was definitely not a consensus opinion but Rudy Gobert ended up getting just over half of the first place votes so he did end up kind of pulling away with it a little bit but it was definitely a close race especially for a lot of those middle positions but I I had Gobert first I don't know who you had too yeah you did yeah as well I mean I understand I guess the viewer's point of view in giving him what would have been his fourth defensive player of the year and he would have joined extremely elite talent that have had that I think it's only two others besides him 
And I mean, give credit to Marcus Smart. He was the first guard since Gary Payton, I think in 95, 96 to win. But yeah, I, I was kind of surprised, to be honest, like in terms of the actual NBA awards that Rudy Gobert didn't win it. And I think it was honestly a lot to do with how repetitive it would have been for him to win again. But I'm not surprised to see our, see our ballot go like that. But I thought Bam was going to be a bit higher. I know earlier in the year, if we had done this maybe mid-season, he probably would have maybe broken to the top four. But besides that, I, I was surprised not to see him higher. I guess just to quickly note, I in my opinion, I think if Draymond played the whole season, if not the majority of the season, I think he would have at least been in the top three. And we were having this discussion yesterday. You were saying well, he's, he's one of the best defensive players in basketball, which I definitely agree with. But the Gobert pick I, doesn't really surprise me, to be honest, at least from our viewers. Yeah, I think Draymond might have won it if he was healthy the whole season. He was number one on my list before he got injured, but it was kind of close between him and Gobert. I actually had Gobert one, Robert Williams two, Jaron Jackson Jr. three, Draymond four, I think, and then Smart at five. As you can see, I kind of have a little bit of a big man bias, but I just think the most valuable defenders are the big man. It's just statistically yeah. proven. It's just a fact. They they provide more value. Rim protection is the most important part of defense, but... I, I don't hate the market smart pick. If you're going to give it to a guard, it's cool to see smart win it. I, I get why Gobert didn't win it. You don't want to give him his fourth one. That's pretty elite company. I really do understand why he didn't win. I just think if we're judging it solely based on this season, he would have been my pick, but I, I get why he didn't win. We can move on to most improved player. I was just, sorry, I was just going to interject really quick. For those who don't understand the numbers that Nolan is rhyming off while he's listing these names, it's because in the ballot, you can award one to 10 points for a 10th place to first place, like, I guess, scale. So if you give them a 10th place vote, of course, they're going to receive what they'd receive one. No, uh, we this year, we only had oh, top they, five it was, votes. The, it was the five. Yeah, it was. The I think five, it was five. it was one point for a fifth place vote, three for a fourth, uh, five for a third, seven for a second and 10 for a first. So yeah. Last year, we did all 10. I think this year was five. But for those of you who weren't familiar, that's the scale that we're going off of. So the totals that we're reading are based off of the total amount of people that participated in the poll. And then those are their, I guess, totals to put them on the scale there. But as you were saying, let's move on to uh, most improved player. So this is another one where the actual NBA award winner was not the same as ours. So it's cool to see some dissent this year. Starting it off, we had LaMelo Ball in 10th. He's also got zero votes. Miles Bridges only had one point. He was ninth. And then Anthony Simons had nine points. Tyler Hero had 15 points. Tyrese Maxey had 23 points. Desmond Bain had 31 points. Darius Garland had 39 points. And then our top three was John Morant with 40 points. DeJounte Murray with 77 points. And Jordan Poole ended up winning it with 103 points, which, got to be honest, kind of surprised me. Yeah, it definitely surprised me a bit too. I think it was definitely uh, anchored off how great of a stretch he had to end the season with a lot of the Warriors, at least guard core out. He did put up very impressive numbers. This one for me still, I think, is John Moran all day. I know I don't want to be uh, an NBA aligner, but I definitely agree with the John Morant pick. He had an amazing season, and considering it wasn't really as prominent in the MVP race, I think the next best thing would have been him winning most improved. Duante Murray, I'm very satisfied to see where he was. I think he definitely deserved his flowers there. Yeah, and besides that, I don't know if there's anyone else you really wanted to mention from that list. I had Murray number one on mine, personally. Uh, I don't I don't hate any of these top three. I think this is a really, really good list of candidates we had this year. I, like, I think there was a pretty compelling case for a lot of these guys, but Murray would have been my pick. Jordan Poole, I, I do wonder if, Part of this is due to the fact that we released these ballots like midway through the first round when Jordan Poole was just kind of going off and there might have been a little bit of recency bias like, oh my God, he's he's playing so well right now. We got to vote yeah. for him. I wonder if that played a factor, but you know, I don't mind. I don't mind him as the winner here. 
I think I had them fifth on my ballot, but like I said, it was a really competitive group. I think my ballot was Murray one, Brant two, I think Bain three, Simons four, and Pool five, something like that. But yeah, this was a really, really good group of nominees we had here. So, you know, Jordan Poole, congrats for pulling it out. Congrats to John Morant for winning the actual NBA award, but we can move on to six man of the year if you want. Yeah, sure. Uh, quick shout out to uh, John Morant and Jordan Poole. You guys can just hit us up in the DMs after the podcast. I mean, the vocal congratulations, I mean, goes a long way. So, uh, but yeah, on a serious note, we can move on to uh, sixth man of the year. Yeah. So this was our only consensus unanimous winner here. Uh, I feel like that was kind of expected and uh, we'll get to that when we get there. But this was also an award that had at least every, every single nominee out of the 10 had at least two votes, which is cool to see. So Montrez Harrell ended up in 10th with six points. Tyus Jones ended up in ninth with eight points. Kelly Oubre with 17 points. Cameron Payne with 20 points. Brandon Clark with 24 points. Cam Johnson with 28 points. Kevin Love with 30 points. And then top three, we had Jordan Clarkson with 35. Bogdan Bogdanovich with 40. And then Tyler Hero had a perfect 130 points. The most possible. Yeah, he kind of pulled away with it. Safe to say. And then we really had like no clear cut second best. Bogdan ended up pulling away with it a little bit, but it was really close. And we had seven guys get at least one second place vote, eight guys with at least one third place vote. So like it was pretty much everyone was getting a vote. Cool to see. Really, really close race. And yeah, I don't I don't mind these results. I feel like Tyler Hero was a pretty obvious winner. Yeah. as we had kind of discussed all year. But yeah, I, I think Bogdan as a second place finisher feels right to me. I think that's where I had him. And yeah, I don't mind the Clarkson love, Cam Johnson, Brandon Clark, next kind of grouping there. I mean, it was it was a close race. A lot of guys were in the mix, but mm-hmm. I don't know if you have anything to add. Well, not really. I mean, I feel like Hero, I think, as you'd mentioned, like did kind of run away with it. I mean, he was really the consensus six man of the year, not only in our ballot, but also in the NBA as well. And he was also the first heat player to win six man of the year in their uh, franchise history. So that's pretty cool. His averages were great all season. It was a huge part of the heat success it was a huge part of that second unit and their uh, and their depth chemistry. So I mean, I think he definitely deserves it. I will say I was surprised not to see Kevin Love a bit higher. I thought Kevin Love probably would have gotten the top three. But I, again, understand how pivotal both Ogie and Clarkson were to their success. So again, I can't really nickel and dime that, especially with it being more of a custom ballot. I mean, it's it's going to be more open to parity as opposed to NBA analysts and people like that doing their ballots. So I'm happy to see the results. I'm happy we're actually getting some parity and it's not quite as chalk as I expected this year because I'm pretty sure last year, as we had talked about before we recorded, it was a lot more chalk last year. So I like the parity we're seeing so far the actual finalists for the nba were kevin love and cam johnson as the second and third and they were fourth and fifth on ours so that was cool to see a little bit of difference there uh, and really like not much of a separation between our second from like seventh basically like all of them were kind of in the mix but even Ubre at eighth wasn't that far behind either so it was really a close race from a lot of guys there for kind of second which we we're sort of expecting we kind of knew Hero was going to pull away with it, but like second was really up for grabs, which is cool to see. And then we had our closest race in the rookie of the year, which I think is kind of expected again because the actual NBA awards ballot was also a very close race. And this is the only one where we had the person with the most first place votes not winning because they oh. had less second place votes in a really, really wow. close race. But we'll, we'll get to that when we get there. So in 10th place, we had Crystal Duarte with one point. Ninth was El Prince June and Herbert Jones with two points each. And then we had Davion Mitchell with five points, Josh Giddy with 12 points, 
Franz Wagner with 16 points, Jalen Green with 23 points, Cade Cunningham in third with 67 points, and then we had Evan Mobley in second with 103 points, and Scotty Barnes in first with 107 points. And Mobley had one more first place vote, but Barnes ended up with two more second place votes. And for some reason, there was actually one person that didn't have Mobley on their ballot at all, not in the top five, which kind of killed him because he, he would have won if he was in the, the top five of that guy's ballot, basically. But yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know who thought Mobley wasn't a top five rookie in the year, but that, that's interesting. At least a top <laughs> two. And I think that's a fairly popular opinion. I think, yeah, it could have been a, a big Scotty Barnes fan kind of trying to tank the ballot to, to hopefully get him the win, which you know what? It, it was to have worked. Probably Banna, honestly. Shut up, Banna. <laughs> yeah, who knows? Who knows? It was, yeah, it was a close race. Mobley had one more first place vote, but Barnes ended up narrowly edging him out with 107 to 103. But I think, understandably, this was a really close race. I think you and I had kind of gone back and forth on who should have won. Like I was on, I was on Mobley all season long, and then he got hurt at the end. Barnes had a big run at the end, and I was kind of contemplating should Barnes take it now. I still ended up having Mobley as my number one, but I don't mind the Barnes pick at all. I think it's a really, really close race. Barnes obviously ended up winning the actual NBA award, and that was the closest rookie of the year race. Didn't they say it was like the closest ever or something? Didn't I? I, I thought I read that somewhere. Yeah, but I, I'm pretty sure it was. I couldn't give you the exact specifics, but I'm pretty sure it was. Uh, it was rotating around that it was the closest. Uh, it was the closest race. But yeah, I also like not to be a non-homer, but I also had Mobley. I understand the game's missed and Barnes push at the end, but I mean Mobley. The Cavs in general dealt with a lot this year. And when Mobley was healthy and a lot of their core was hurt, um, I mean, he really, really stepped to the plate and was huge for them. So I was basically just going off of that, even though he did miss a, a pretty significant chunk of games at the end of the season. But again, I give the flowers to Barnes. I mean, he was he was huge down the stretch when the uh, Raptors needed it to secure a, uh, a good seed in the playoffs. But yeah, I think this one definitely could have gone either way. I think this one in terms of our top two or three and the NBA's top two or three, I think was definitely indicative of how close it was. And it wasn't necessarily just happenstance. So I think whichever way it would have gone between the two of them, I would have been fine with it. And Barnes taking the cake. I mean, I'm, I'm not going to argue with it. We can move on to coach of the year now, our last of our regular NBA awards. And then we still have Canadian player of the year, which is our own special one. But for coach of the year, another one that was pretty close race, we did actually end up having one guy kind of pull away with first, but very close race for second again. So we had Mike Malone in 10th with two points, Ty Lu with 11 points, uh, Steve Kerr with 15 points, Nick Nurse with 18 points, J.B. Bickerstaff with 22 points, Chris Finch with 30 points. In fourth place, we ended up with Taylor Jenkins with 44 points. Then we had Ime Udoka and Eric Spolstra tied for second with 47 points, and Monty Williams kind of pulled away with 102 points. Yeah, he got almost. Yeah, he get, he missed out on four of the first place votes, so he was four first place votes away from a consensus win. Obviously, he was the actual NBA award winner, and I think he's probably the rightful winner. He's who I voted for, but I like this Ulster Udoka second third. So uh, I think that makes sense. I don't think either was one of them nominated for the actual award. I know Jenkins was one of the finalists. Uh, I can't Spolstra, remember. Spolstra was as well. He was the third. Spolstra. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I think Udoka being in that in that top three definitely fits the bill. That was a huge culture shift when he came in for the Celtics and really turned them around near the end of the season. But I mean, shout out to Taylor Jenkins. He's not in the top three, but he did have a great season with or lead a great season with Memphis. And I mean, again, very 
very indicative of their uh, of their playoff push and uh, and their team success. And yeah, Monty Williams, I think a very rightful winner. I think most people's winner led them to their best record in franchise history at sixty four and eighteen. Yeah, he just that that Suns team was just operating at such a crazy clip during the season. So I think it's definitely deserved. But yeah, I can't I can't give enough credit to Udoka. I mean, that was such a huge turnaround for the Celtics after their change in head coach. And I mean, just team rallied so well. And we're seeing a lot of that success now in the playoffs as they are uh, as they're going to the finals officially now as of last night. So yeah, shout out shout out to both of them, I guess, and all the rest of the candidates for putting up great seasons for their teams for sure. I think the one thing I would change in hindsight for me is I kind of wish we had Jason Kidd in the top 10. It was really tough to leave him out. He was kind of the next one up. But I think I probably would have swapped him for Mike Malone in hindsight. But you know what? Mike Malone was, was a good pick, too, with how good the Nuggets were with a lot of injuries and everything. So, I mean, it was a tough it was a tough one to narrow down. But, yeah, I don't have a problem with these results at all. I think Coach of the Year is a tough one to pick, but I, I really like these these picks that our voters have made. So, good yes, job, uh, everyone. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, voter, voters have impressed me. There's a lot of guys that I'm very happy to see a bit higher than I previously anticipated. So, viewers are definitely impressing me here. But, yeah, I guess we'll move on to the Canadian Player of the Year. This is our own uh, little specialty category. And this one, this one, I so, again, just for some uh, clarity for the viewers or, or viewers slash listeners, I haven't heard these results yet, so all of these are news to me. I submitted a ballot, and I've been watching it tentatively, so I'm very interested to see where the Canadian Player of the Year goes. I think it could go, I'd say, two or three different ways, so I, I'm going to be interested to see what you have here. Yeah, this was a three-man race, really. <laughs> it, yeah. it was pretty much a pretty clear three-man race. There were a couple other guys that got some top three votes, but uh, really, it, was, it really came down to just three guys that kind of pulled away with it. But in 10th place, Trey Lyles had zero. Then we had Chris Duarte with four, Dwight Powell with seven, Lou Dort with 18, Dylan Brooks with 20, Brandon Clark also with 20, Chris Boucher with 21, and then our top three was R.J. Barrett with 56, Andrew Wiggins with 82, and Shea Gilgis-Alexander was the winner with 110. Really, SGA versus Wiggins was a pretty close race. SGA ended up with two more first-place votes and two more second-place votes, which kind of won the results in the end, but it was a pretty close race between them. I was shocked to see Chris Boucher at number four. I think that might be a little bit of Raptors bias there. I kind of feel like Clark, Brooks, and Dort all should have been above him. But yeah, that's all right. He barely beat him anyways. So I was just a little surprised to see him end up in fourth. Yeah, I had um, I had Clark, Clark and Dort uh, as my four or five, I think. And then the other three actually were fairly chalked because I had SGA winning mine as well. But yeah, I think definitely between those three, I think really the, the listeners could have gone either way. So I'm not really surprised to see SGA take it. I think, I think honestly, if the Knicks had performed a bit better, I think RJ Barrett probably would have taken that. But the Knicks were, in my opinion, the biggest disappointment in the NBA this season. I was really excited actually to see them turn the corner after the season they had last year. And we really didn't see it. So I guess kind of why Barrett was where he was. But shout out to SGA. That Thunder team is going to be a lot of fun to watch in the next few years. They have a lot of young talent coming up, including your one of your favorite players in the NBA, Alexi Pokashevsky. So I assume you're going to do like a player profile or some point on him. But for those who don't know him, definitely go read up because I assume he's going to be a big part of their uh, rebuild they have going on. Yeah, I hope so. He had a good uh, end to the season and he's still still very young. I mean, he was the youngest player in his draft class. He just finished his second season now. So How old still... is he? I'm pretty sure he's 19, right? I think he's 20 now. Oh, yeah, I guess he'd be 20. Yeah, drafted 18. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, he's 20 now. But yeah, he's still really young. He's <laughs> two years younger than us. That's crazy. I know, right? That's It's weird to think about. We're older than some guys in the NBA now, but yeah. that is the reality. <laughs> so we, I guess just to recap, we had Jokic as our MVP, which was the same as the NBA. Rudy Gobert as Defensive Player of the Year, beating out Marcus Smart, the NBA's winner. 
Uh, most improved player, Jordan Poole. John Morant, who was the NBA's winner, was third behind Murray. Sixth man of the year, Tyler Hero, which the NBA also had. Rookie of the year, Scotty Barnes. NBA's also had him. Coach of the year, Monty Williams, again, same as the NBA. And Canadian player of the year was Shea Gilgis-Alexander. Yeah, I there aren't many surprises in terms of like our custom list. The ones that were won by people that weren't the NBA's choices, I think are fairly arguable. So I don't really see it as being much of a surprise. Yeah, I I I really don't have much to say to be honest. I, I think it was I think it was a fairly straightforward submission, if that makes sense. Yeah, I think it's reasonable. Good good winners across the board. The one that surprised me was probably Jordan Poole, but even then, like I don't think that's a terrible pick. So yeah, really pretty good, pretty good list we got here, I think. Uh, yeah. and I'm happy it wasn't just the same as the NBA. I'm I'm glad we got some actual different winners here with Gobert and Poole and Mobley almost ended up pulling it out too, which would have been cool. But yeah, shout yeah. out whoever had him outside the top five. That's hilarious. <laughs> um, just before we wrap this up, I think we should definitely uh, the NBA announced their All NBA teams, so I think maybe we should definitely touch on that really quick before we wrap this up. I mean, there's really it's really just going over it and talking about who could have been there, so we might as well. I have it up in front of me. So the All NBA first team was Devin Booker of the Suns, Luka Doncic of the Mavs, uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo of the Bucks. Jason Tatum of the Celtics, and then Nicole Jokic. The second team was Stephen Curry of the Warriors, John Moran of the Grizzlies, DeMar DeRozan of the Bulls, Kevin Durant of the Nets, and Joel Embiid of the 76ers. And the third team was Chris Paul of the Suns, Trey Young of the Hawks, LeBron of the Lakers, Pascal Siakam of the Raptors, and Carl Anthony Towns of the Timberwolves. Were there any surprises to you of the when you first read the selections that certain players were in certain spots? Well, I don't want to sound too boring, but honestly, no. <laughs> These were my picks as well like across the board every single one so I was, I was very pleased with the results which usually doesn't happen if i'm being honest so no complaints for me actually this this was my exact list basically yeah i i wasn't really super surprised with a lot of them even if you want to like nitpick the third team to try to like swap guys i mean there aren't there aren't many that really you could interchange with anyone else i mean even looking at the third team like chris paul and trey young are really hard to swap for i mean You'd say Jalen Brown, Donovan Mitchell, Jimmy Butler, and then even going down the list, like Carl Anthony Towns, maybe swap with Gobert if you really wanted to. But even then, I think Cat's a justified winner. So I, I think, yeah, there aren't many players that you could really swap out from these lists or even like even interchange between teams. I think the guys that were in these particular teams, I think, deserve to be there. Yeah, it's hard to move these guys around. I don't even know who, like if there was one guy to move around, who would you move up or down? I actually, I am looking at my my picks now that I made right as the season ended, and it is slightly different. I did have Trey Young on the second team and John Morant on the third team, so mm-hmm. that was a slight difference. Most of that was just due to the fact that John missed a lot of games. I feel like that kind of went under the radar how many games he actually missed, but he did miss a lot, and obviously the Grizzlies were really good without him too. And then I did actually have Jimmy Butler over Pascal Siakam for my third team, but Siakam was next up for me, so... It, it didn't really bother me too much that he got the pick over Butler, but that was the oh, one if, difference. If you were to hypothetically swap Siakam for Butler, would would Butler be more considered a guard for these awards, though? Or would he still qualify as a small forward and be slotted as a forward? I think you can count him as either, but I would consider him more of a forward, personally. I think, well, I mean, their starting lineup kind of switched around a lot throughout the year, but I yeah. think more often than not, he was generally regarded as a forward. It's kind of, it's kind of weird, because... 
PJ Tucker is sort of listed as a shooting guard for them, but that's kind of debatable if he's really a guard or a forward. Yeah, I, I mean, they play, really play with one guard and four forwards, basically. Because, like, even Bam's not really a center. They're basically, like, one guard and four forwards is their starting lineup, really. But, uh, yeah, I, I feel like you could justify having him as a guard or a forward. Yeah. And I actually made a fourth and fifth team, if you want to hear. Yeah, I'd love to hear. Were. Go ahead, yeah. So my fourth team was Drew Holiday and James Harden as the guards. Jalen Brown and Pascal Siakam as the forwards and Rudy Gobert at center. And then for the fifth team, I had DeJounte Murray and Donovan Mitchell as the guards, Mikhail Bridges and Jared Jackson Jr. as the forwards, and Bam Adebayo at center. I think the forwards was kind of the weakest group this year. It was, uh, it was a little bit harder to fill those last kind of spots. But I, Yeah, I think after the third team, like in terms of you doing the fourth, fifth team, I definitely agree it would be hard to fill those slots. Even Jalen Brown, yeah, he is a shooting guard because Tatum plays the three, but I think he's definitely an oversized shooting guard. And he usually, like yeah. we were talking about that yesterday, he seems to benefit from a lot of mismatches on smaller guards. So I think you could definitely label him as a forward, so I'm definitely not going to argue with you on that. And yeah, I mean, it's interesting to see your perspective in terms of going down the line of I guess the bubble guys you could call them that were maybe just on the on the hump for uh, getting bringing in the third team maybe if you were to pick one guy from each of your teams to assemble like an all NBA teams team what would you do like so you, one, one from, from each team yeah like one from each team okay that's that's cool um hmm well part of me wants to put Jokic as my first team guy because he I think he was the best player this year but then I also see that Embiid is on the second team. I feel like that's kind of a steal to be able to steal him at the second team. So I'm going to take Giannis from my first team and Bede from my second team. I'm going to say DeMar from my third team. So that's my front court filled. And then, oh, shoot. Now I got to take uh... DeMar. DeMar was a DeMar was the second team. Oh, well, he was my he was on my third. team. Oh, OK. OK. Yeah, yeah. Do yours then. Do yours. Yeah, I actually. Yeah, I forgot to mention that I had DeMar on my third team and LeBron on my second team, which is also a little different, but. Yeah, so sorry. Uh, for my fourth team, I guess I'll take Drew Holiday as a guard, and then I'll take Donovan Mitchell for my fifth team. So that leaves me with Drew Holiday, Donovan Mitchell, DeMar DeRozan, Joel Embiid, and Giannis Antetokounmpo. So now that Nolan's done his, I guess I'll jump back in and do mine. I might as well. Um, I guess for some parity, I mean, I was actually going to do the same thing, like in terms of team strategy wise, I was going to like leave Jokic and go with Giannis. But for sake, for parity's sake, I'm going to go Jokic uh, from the NBA first team. To go Joel and B. Oh no 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 no! Sorry, <laughs> that I was tempted to go two big men together. Um, I'm gonna go Steph Curry from the second, so I have center guard. Um, I'm actually gonna take LeBron from the third team, so I have Curry, LeBron, and Jokic. And then, do you mind reading me off your fourth and fifth teams? Yeah, sure. I'll give you instead of Siakam, it'll be Jimmy Butler, Jalen okay. Brown, James Harden, Drew Holiday, and Rudy Gobert for the fourth team. I'm uh, I'm actually gonna go James Harden. I'm gonna go James Harden. Uh, so okay. I have. Curry, Harden, LeBron. So I'm lacking a forward right now. So then what's the fifth team? Bam Adebayo, Jaron Jackson Jr., Mikhail Bridges, Donovan Mitchell, DeJounte Murray. Yeah, I'll happily take JJJ. Yeah, I'll take Jaron okay. Jackson. So, so I guess I'll read off my team then. So I have Curry, Harden, LeBron, Jaron Jackson Jr., and Jokic. And then you have? Uh, I had Holiday, Mitchell, DeMar, Giannis, and Bede. Okay. Um, I guess for those listening, uh, you guys can drop a DM us on Instagram whose team you think would win. Uh, we might as well. We can make the side of that into an Instagram post. Why not? <laughs> yeah, sure. Um, yeah, so we'll we'll throw it on the Instagram. Maybe put it on the Instagram story as well. You guys can vote on that. Or even in the comments of our podcast or any mentions, you can add us and let us know who you think would win. We'll say hypothetically, we'll say a seven-game series. Why not? We'll make it an actual playoff-related one. 
So yeah, we and should I guess uh, that... talk about the all defensive team too, if you want. Yeah, actually, that's a good point. Yeah, we'll we'll bring that up too, unless you have it in front of you already. Yeah, I have them. I also yeah, have yeah. mine. Yeah, yeah, we could rhyme it off. Okay, so for the the NBA's all defensive teams, the first team was Marcus Smart, Mikhail Bridges, Giannis Antetokounmpo, Jaron Jackson Jr., and Rudy Gobert. Uh, I guess they considered Bridges a guard, which is kind of debatable, but sure. And then Drew Holiday, Matisse Thybul, Draymond Green. Bam out of bio and Robert Williams the third as the second team. And again, they considered Bam the forward. So they were kind of going pretty loose with their positions there, but I don't mind that necessarily. Yeah, I don't mind that either. I mean, in terms of the guys that you expect to be there, there aren't many guys that like really surprise me. Is there even any snubs that you could say from that list? I mean, I'm just kind of thinking about it now. Like I don't even have any names off the top of my head, but I think they got the big guys, the the ones you'd expect on there. I personally would have gone with Gary Payton the second, I think, over Drew Holiday. I just think the Bucks this year kind of took it a little easy. A lot of the times they weren't going full out, it seemed like, for a lot of the year. So, and even I, I don't think I, Giannis would have made my all defensive teams either. I think I would have had Herbert Jones over him. Yeah. But those are the only ones that were really different for me. And yeah, I, I probably would have, I think I would have had Draymond on the first team, but I don't, I don't know. It's, it's tough because he missed so many games. Uh, I don't, I don't mind their list, really. It, it's a pretty good list, I think. Yeah, it's a pretty good list. And, I mean, in terms of guys that you – like, it's it's a lot like the All-NBA teams, honestly. Like, in terms of guys that you could interchange, it's really a toss-up or a matter of opinion. Like, I've heard some people say Jared Allen could have been over Williams, which I understand. But, I mean, Williams' defensive impact and, like, his statistical output, I mean, definitely justifies him being there. A lot of people have said Dewante Murray possibly could have gotten a nod because he was really good on uh, defensively this year for the Spurs. And then even maybe a guy like Jimmy Butler, his name was floated around a bit. But I, don't, I really don't see either of those two guards knocking out Holiday or Thibel. Like, I think they're just, I think they're too good of candidates to have there. Yeah. I would have, I would have given some consideration to Derek White as well. He actually mm-hmm. didn't get a vote, which kind of surprised me, but I think his defense is fantastic, really underrated. Caruso probably would have been in the mix for me if he stayed healthy, but he yeah. just missed too many games, really. Yeah. I guess if I were to make my picks, uh, they, they considered Mikhail Bridges a guard. So why not? I will as well. Um, so my picks would have been Marcus Smart, Mikhail Bridges. Draymond Green, Jaron Jackson, and Rudy Gobert as my first team. And then I would have got a, gone with Matisse Thibel, Gary Payton the second, Herbert Jones, Bam Adebayo, and Robert Williams as my second team. So pretty similar to theirs. The only one that I really cut off were Giannis and Holiday, and I replaced them with Herbert Jones and Gary Payton the second. But um, for the most part, I, I like their list. Yeah, I wouldn't have changed much. I think to agree with your point to uh, to a T, I think I would have moved Draymond Green up for Giannis. I think Giannis still probably would have held on to the second team spot for me. And then I mean, past that, the only other guy I could really, like in my mind, justify for is possibly swapping Robert Williams for uh, Jared Allen. I mean, he was big while Mobley was out and he was also part of a great defensive front court tandem. But even then, I, I really like Robert Williams and what he did for the Celtics roster this year. So, I mean, even then, it's kind of a toss-up for me. But um, I think it's more it's more interchanging I would do than really swapping guys. Like, as as you just rhymed off, you only really, what, swap two guys? I actually had I had five teams for all defensive as well that I made. I'm just slightly switching it up now because they had bridges considered as a guard. So I'm going to, I'm going to go with that. Yeah, I well, thought he but... would have been considered a forward. Yeah. I mean, he should be probably, but I don't mind it because the guards, the guard spots were a lot harder to pick to be honest. So I don't, I don't really mind the fact that they put him as a guard. It makes sense when you think about it like that. So if you want to hear my picks, yeah, I, why can, not? I can go over them if you want. Go for it. Uh, so 
First team, Marcus Smart, Mikael Bridges, Draymond Green, Jaron Jackson, Rudy Gobert. Second team was uh, Gary Payton, the second, Matisse Thibel, Herbert Jones, Bam Adebayo, Robert Williams. For my third team, I had Derek White, DeJounte Murray, Evan Mobley, Giannis Antetokounmpo, and Jared Allen. For my fourth team, I had Fred Van Vliet, Drew Holiday, Jimmy Butler, Jason Tatum, and Al Horford. And then for my fifth team, I had DeAnthony Melton, Jalen Brown, Dorian Finney-Smith, Jared Vanderbilt, and Jakob Pertl. Yeah, that's a that's a really deep roster of uh, defensive teams. I really, I will say, I really like your fifth team, though. Your fifth team is a lot of guys that I think definitely, like, if we were to take this, I like I like the alternative. Have you ever, like, looked at, like, alternative NBA awards? Have you ever seen that where, like, they take the people who have won or, like, the allotted, like, two or three teams and then they basically cut them out and then they make a new one? And it's, I, no, I've, really I've read that, through no. I've read through a bunch of those and there's a lot of like cool parallels between like guys who would have gotten the nod if certain players like weren't weren't in consideration or just happened to not be playing. It basically gives like a bit more like of a nod to guys who basically went under the radar throughout the year, like weren't good enough to crack any of the big teams. But I really like your fifth team, your fifth team, like in terms of guys who kind of went under the radar, I really like. It's cool to see some of these guys that just don't get picked, but obviously are great defensively. I think Jared Vanderbilt and Dorian Finney-Smith, both really underrated. Same with Pirtle. Melton was great for the Grizzlies this year. I said Jalen Brown. You know what? I'm actually, I would actually probably change that and put Alex Caruso instead. I know he missed a yeah. lot of games, but I mean, Brown as a guard is kind of debatable in the first place. So I would just go with Caruso instead of Brown, but Brown's defense is also great. Sometimes gets a little bit uh, lost off ball a little bit, but on ball defense is fantastic. And he's a big part of why the Celtics defense is so good. There's just no mismatches on that team, and he's part of the reason why. But, yeah, I like defense. <laughs> I'm a big fan of defense, you know, so I, I follow this stuff quite a bit. I, I like giving credit to great defenders. In terms of some other ones, Robert Covington, Danny Abdia, Andrew Wiggins, Isaiah Hardenstein, P.J. Tucker, Kevon Looney, uh, a, lot, a lot of good defenders in the league right now. But, yeah, I feel like I like the list I had here. Yeah, also on your Jalen Brown point, I mean, it makes it easy when you have more of an oversized shooting guard who can kind of use very interchangeable, uh, makes it really easy on switches and especially hedging screens because he's a bit longer than most shooting guards. So, do, so he'd be able to do more in terms of like impeding passing lanes, stopping hedge or um, stopping like attacking uh, rim runners, stuff like that. Also to your Alex Caruso point, someone who I didn't really recognize in terms of how many ty- how many games he missed and where he would have been if he was healthy. I really do think Lonzo Ball would have had a potential to maybe crack into a top yeah, three. Like That's a good pick too. Uh, like a top three team possibility, like in terms of your five team scale, I guess. Because the stats spoke for themselves when he was like, when he was healthy and the Bulls were on their run. I mean, they were, I think it was eighth or ninth in the league in defensive, uh, defensive rating. And then outside of lineup in terms of defensive rating, they were second last in the league. So in yeah. terms of someone who like makes his impact, like just being one guy on the court, I mean, Lonzo's a guy who I've, I've loved since he came into the league and even through college and seeing his, uh, his maturation, especially in his defensive game and how impactful he's been for the Bulls. I mean, he would have been a guy I would have loved to see healthy throughout the whole season. Yeah, I agree a hundred percent. He would have made my list. The only thing is he, he only played 35 games for me. Yeah, I find like in order to count someone, they got to play at least half the games. Caruso played exactly half the games, which is, why I like I was kind of debating whether or not even to include him, but he did technically meet my criteria, whereas Lonzo didn't. But yeah, Lonzo would have would have definitely made the list if he was healthy for more time. But you know, he only played 35 games. It's kind of tough. Yeah, that that Bulls team unfortunately was riddled by some very impactful injuries, much like a lot of teams. But I I I am a firm believer that if the Bulls have most of that core back, I think they're gonna be right where they were, if not uh, in a better spot, depending on if they may, are very active in free agency or not. 
And I, I guess with that, I mean, there's not really much more to touch on for this episode. It was pretty jam-packed. Yeah, I think we can wrap it up. It was a fun episode. Lots of awards talk. Uh, we got to recap our, our ballots uh, results and go over the All-NBA stuff. So I feel like we got everything we wanted with this episode. We're obviously going to do some NBA finals coverage soon. Uh, playoff stuff. Uh, yeah, as you would expect. But for yeah, this episode, I, I think this, this is a good place to wrap it up. Yeah, for sure. Um, and I get, yeah, I guess without further ado, we're going to wrap up uh, episode eight of the second season for you guys. Uh, we thank you guys as always for uh, for listening and being so adamant with us. It's been a very, very busy time to start the summer. So we're going to give you guys a full playoff recap as our next episode, which you guys will see very soon. And besides that, uh, thank you. Thank you as always for tuning in. We appreciate all you guys from around the globe. We actually have a lot of international listeners. So shout out to you guys and being active participants on, on our podcast. We really appreciate it. We love you guys. So have a great day and don't miss your layups.